This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Happy Friday, everybody. December 1st, November is come and gone. And now we are into December. And of course, this is when all the, the championships start happening, when we start finding out who's in the college finals. All, all good stuff is going to come to a head as far as the NFL. We start seeing who's making the move towards the playoffs and everything. And to help us with that is Byron Williams, former NFL wide receiver, uh, played for the Giants, as you see him probably wearing that sweatshirt and a lot of different teams, and also was in Canadian Football League and the uh, World Football League. Good morning, Byron. How are you doing today? Good morning. How are you guys doing this morning? Good morning. Good, good. And I, of course, am your host, Mac, with my co-host for last couple of years, anyway, Jack Hirsch. And we're going to go ahead and we're going to get you all caught up on the, on the news as far as the NFL goes right at this point. Last night, the Dallas Cowboys can beat a team that's over 500. They come back and they beat um, Seattle 41 to 35. Dak plays a great game. Um, and uh, this Dallas has scored 40 points plus for the fifth time this season. That's one of the, I think that's a record as a matter of fact. Tyler Lockhart drops a wide open pass that could have put them in at least field goal range. He would have been inside the 35 yard line. And, uh, you know, let's get you some stats here. That goes for 299 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. CeeDee Lamb, 12 receptions for 116 yards and a TD. And Geno Smith has a good game. He goes, he throws for 334 yards, three TDs, and one interception. Byron, as far as wide receivers go, C.D. Lamb has really come of age this year. You know, the last couple of years, he he really wasn't a number one. He's a number one now, that's for sure. Yeah, since Mike McCarthy started calling the plays, I think he's he see that C.D. Lamb needs to be moved around. You utilize a little bit more and really ha having a great year. And, um, you know, he's he got the momentum going, and he's excited to watch and uh, run good routes, um, very, very de demanding of the ball. So he's he's having a great, great year thus far. So he's he's uh, definitely been in the Pro Bowl the last couple of years as well. Well, you mentioned you mentioned when you you're on JMB talking shop when you're talking to Jim Jeffco when you're talking about C. Lamb, they should put him in motion more. You know, they, right. were, have, they were lining him up and just running straight routes. Put him in motion more to get the type of coverage you want, get some mismatches. And that's what they're doing this year, Byron. It's like they were listening to you. Absolutely. You know, I, I told him, I told I thought that a long time ago, ever since he's been on the team. And now with the addition of Brandon Cook, who very, you know, very run that inside routes have really helped them open up their offense as well. You know, Michael Gallup is not doing a lot, but Brandon Cook have came in and done, you know, he, he got what about five touchdowns this year. And that that have really added as well as their tight end play. Their tight end play has been improved as well with Ferguson last night, had a great game. So, you know, Dak is really, uh, you know, spreading the ball around and making everybody look good. But but you got to give credit to Huey uh, Lamb. He's really having an awesome year. Well, I think the story for Dallas is the way Dak Prescott has rebounded lately. He's playing at the type of level that was expected of him. 
And yesterday was only the sixth game, guys, in NFL history when neither team punted. Neither yeah. team punted. Yeah. And the Dallas defense, there was a bit shaky for a good part of the game. They really showed up at the end. I mean, on Seattle's last drive, he had second uh, down and two yards to go. And they couldn't get a first down in the next three plays. Just couldn't get a first down. And Micah Parsons, of course, on the final play of the game, was left completely unblocked. Yeah. And Seattle set up some type of fancy scheme where they left it up to Micah Parsons to figure it out. But they knew they weren't going to block him from that angle. And Micah Parsons did figure it out. And he had a straight shot at Geno Smith. And you kind of wonder with Geno Smith, when he was really getting pressured, he tends to panic a little bit. I don't mean he throws interceptions. He just throws the ball into the ground. And on fourth down, final play of the game for Seattle, he's throwing the ball low in the ground. If anything, just heave it in the air and hope he get lucky in the direction of a receiver. But he didn't even give it a chance to work out in that final play. Yeah, he should have threw it in the direction of Metcalf. You know, that was that was the player of the game for, for them for making some plays. And you're exactly right. Whenever he see pressure, he 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 panicked for some reason. Yeah, hey, good morning, Rick. How you doing today? I, I we're gonna get to that one second, Rick. I keep your comment out there. Byron, they threw they tried to throw like a, a, a flat, you know, they let Micah Parsons come in, tried to hit mm-hmm. the wide receiver in the flat. But normally when that happens, the the running back kind of chips. The defensive end coming in, so kind of slows them down a little bit. But they didn't do it. Why didn't they do that that time? I mean, I seen other teams run that play. I've run that play where you're going to kind of set up a screen or hit the guy in the flat. But you always chip that defensive end coming in to slow them up a little bit, and they really didn't do that. Yeah, you have to have a combination of blocker for for Michael Parsons because because of his quickness and and you know and plus uh, Jason Peters. Has been playing twenty years, and you know he just don't move like he used to. You playing, you know, you playing the right tackle last night, and you know, it just they just couldn't create a, a match, uh, slow him down, and that really created hectic, hectic for the offense, uh, Seattle. So you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, Michael Parson just he's a game wrecker, and I think uh, they they had a great game plan at the end, and that's what really hurt Seattle. Now I think I think correct me if I'm wrong, Rick. You're talking about the time that they had Dak. Dak looked like he was Eli Manning for one play there, where it looked like he was going down. He fought off. He rolled out to the right, hit the guy on the sidelines with a pass, kept the drive alive, picked up a first down. And I know they got. Correct me if I'm wrong, Jack. They got rid of that in the grasp rule because quarterbacks, the defensive linemen were stopping, and the quarterbacks were taking off and running for big gainers. I remember it happened against the Giants at one time. Yeah, there's a lot of complaining about the officiating, and especially for the defensive linemen. They're, they're running after quarterback at top speed, and then the quarterback steps out of bounds at the last moment. And the defender, you know, they have to stop. It's like slamming on the brakes on the parkway. Yeah. Basically the same thing. Look, you know the team who's in a precarious position now, the Philadelphia Eagles, because they have a big game Sunday, guys, against the San Francisco 49ers. And there's a good chance the Eagles are going to lose that game because the Eagles have had a very tough schedule. They beat the Cowboys at home. Then they beat the Chiefs. They beat the Bills. Mentally, you can't get up for big games every single week. You need a, a soft game now and then. And they play the 49ers. If the Eagles lose to the 49ers, 
It's only one game ahead of the Cowboys, and then they have to go to Dallas in a couple of weeks, so in a little over a week. The Eagles and Cowboys might be tied, you know, for first to see who gets to buy, and the 49ers would be in it as well as to see who gets the final buy in the NFC. So the Eagles are under a lot of pressure. they got to put the 49ers away Sunday in Philadelphia, which is going to be very, very hard to do because the Niners are playing well again. But if they don't, then they got to go to Dallas. And what has Dallas done? One, something like 14 in a row at home. The Eagles would actually be underdogs in that game going to Dallas. I don't know if they'd be underdogs or not. I'm not sure about Point that. Point-wise, I, mean, I bet they would because it's in Dallas. Maybe. Maybe, but I, I don't know. I don't know. You got San Francisco under uh, is favorite in Philadelphia this week. There you I, go. I, I, was, yeah. I was surprised. I was surprised about yeah. that. So you know, I don't know. I I, I know. Listen, I, the Eagles. I would never bet against the Eagles if, if I was betting any points. Listen, they, they find a way to win at the end of the game every week, and I just would never. But speaking of the Eagles, right? Mm-hmm. There was a fan. Standing by the side, I don't know if you saw the video of it or not, Byron and Jack, but the linebacker went over to the fan and pushed the Eagles fan. And he's probably going to get a Buffalo Bill player, yeah. A Buffalo Bill, sorry. Push the Eagles fan, and he'll probably get fined or suspended or something for this. But what was happening is he was threatening, allegedly, to all three Buffalo Bills people that were there, the players, he was threatening the guy's family. So that's why the guy pushed the Eagles fan. It wasn't because he was just just yelling at him. Allegedly, all all three of these Buffalo Bill players are saying he was actually threatening the guy's family. And I know you got to have thick skin being in the NFL, um, but you know maybe the fans should be suspended too. This I may go along with Jack with this now. I always thought it was nonsense, but maybe that's that's what has to start happening. Let me tell you something. If the fan did, if if he threatened the Bills players' family. I hope there's a knock on the fans' door and it's the police bringing him into custody. He should be dealt with just as if he was on the street. Fans seem to think because they pay for a ticket, they're sitting in the stands, they could yell and say what they want to give them some type of protection. It shouldn't be that case at all. And with that said, the bill player could have handled it better. He could have told security this guy's making threats against my family. If you don't do something about it now, I'm going into the stands myself. He should have forewarned them of something that he wants the police to know about it. He's getting threats made against them. Yeah, I think that's, that's what they should do. I mean, you got so many people that work with the team now on the sideline. Just tell one of the guys on the sidelines what's happening and inform the security and the police and, and let them handle it. You, you have to be mature-minded. You know, you can't, you know, let that be a part of your game as well. You know, but, you stay focused on, on your assignment. But, Byron, sometimes you see players mm-hmm. at the end of the game, the visiting team wins, and they're holding their finger up to, you know, their mouth to taunt the fans to be quiet. The player should be dealt with. If you start taunting fans in any way, that's unacceptable as well. Yeah, I think it go both ways. Exactly. I think that's that's something that they talk about in preseason uh, in in uh, do's and don'ts uh, with the players. And so it, it does, it's like they don't they do know that that's not part of the game. You got to stay focused on your assignment, your job, and the safety of, of you know you got so many people looking at you. Your teams are looking at you. Kids are looking at you, and it's a different game now. You got all these cameras and 
You be, well, you can't well, do well, you can't hardly do anything like you used to. Well, well Byron Jack, I mean, how far do you take this? Is a celebration a taunt? I mean, if they go in there and they start doing the the the, the, the wild bird fly or whatever the hell they call it, is, is that a taunt then too? Is, no, is, uh, is, if you're imitating the other, if you're imitating the other team, what they normally do when they celebrate, that's considered a taunt. Absolutely, Mac, you, myself, you, Byron, we were brought up in this type of culture, and it's wrong that fans pay for their ticket; they can say whatever they want. For the okay, most they part, can I, yell the whatever most they part. want. That's the culture we were brought up in. For the most and that part. shouldn't be the case. Look, Russell Westbrook, okay, NBA player, he's always getting into it with fans, but he carries it too far. The only time a player I can understand getting into it with fans, if you get too personal, if you yell you're going to do something to someone's family, uh, I'd do something really, really low where you cross a line where you absolutely shouldn't cross. That's unacceptable. Players shouldn't have to endure that. Yeah. What happened to thick skin? What happened to just playing a ball game and who cares what anybody else says? I mean, when I was on a sideline uh, as a player or coach, I, I didn't even hear anything that was going on in the stands, to be honest with you. I was totally I mean, focused yeah. on the game. Let, right? let me ask I mean, you this, Byron. I, I, don't think, I don't think, Byron, this is a new thing. I think this has been happening – since football began, I just think there was thicker skin. I, I Absolutely. Don't and, and, and and just to think about it, when, when we played Philadelphia and played the Redskins, I mean, you hear that all the time. That's part of the game. That's part of that's part of what you you expect. You know, you expect the people to talk noise to you. So yes. so you just have to have tough skins and thick skin and so and go on. I mean, you know, I, I just think sports need to be understood that this is is temporary what the people say and do anyway. Yeah, I mean, it's not – there's nothing real there. Nobody's going to do – I mean, how many families of an NFL player has been attacked or, or – or, you know you know what I'm saying? That's never happened. I've never heard of that happening. So, to me, this is all just talk, people getting drunk or people getting rowdy, talking trash. It's all it is to me. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, I, I listen. The cameras Mac, if, they said, if you're a player and they said something about someone in your family, that, that's Jack, crossing the line. I, I, I swear to God, Jack, I don't know if you ever, ever, ever played in front of large crowds before. I didn't hear nothing. I didn't hear the fans. I didn't hear the cheerleaders. I didn't hear nothing. I was so focused on playing the game or coaching the game. I didn't hear. In fact, parents, were they used to have to call me over. To, I, I didn't even hear them. <laughs> I didn't hear Matt, nothing. Matt, but if you suffer a tough loss the way Buffalo did against Philadelphia, a game that you definitely feel you should have won, yeah. you're pretty down at that moment emotionally because you've given everything and, and, you yeah, had, I, I, well, everything possible. Yeah, yeah, you barely came up short. And then you have some idiot in the stands talking about your family. You know, you kind of... It's hard to keep it together. They don't know your family, really. People don't know your family, really. Of course not. You know, I mean. Wait, 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 wait. Our own Pags, he he researches a guy's family so he could maybe yell things out. No, not not about family members. He has ethics, Pags. But if the guy doesn't like, you know, spaghetti and meatballs, Pags will know that. If the guy once got sick eating spaghetti and meatballs, Pags is going to yell out, We'll have a big dish of spaghetti and meatballs waiting for you after the game. Yeah. So so Rick makes a great point that the 
basketball court, people are right on top of you. That, that is correct. Where there's a distance between football and that. Let's talk about the Hall of Fame. There are a lot of people that are making the, the, the semifinals. I want you guys uh, answers if they're going to make be finalists. If they're at least going to make it to the finals, not if they get in or not. And 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 let's start with our own Tiki Barber, uh, uh, Byron and Jack. He's been he's a semifinalist. First time, does he make the finals? I hope so. I, I think he deserved it. I think he, you know, his character and what he meant to the Giants and his character. Yeah, well, what do you mean? Like character is in what well, way? What what? Well, I mean, his well, what he what he means, what he meant to the Giants and and, and the things he done. You know, I'm just saying. I think he he'll be a good finalist. I think uh, it's time for a Giant to go into the Hall of Fame. Jack, Jack I, nailed you, Byron. Jack, no, 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 I can't. Tiki's reinventing himself now. He's a talk yeah. show. He's a talk show host. He's an NFL analyst. He's controversy-free. <laughs> and uh, but with that said, you look at his performance on the field. I think he should be a finalist. Well, yeah. that's the key. That's the key to me. I don't care about the broadcast. I think he should. I agree with you. I, uh, you know, he, at one time he he led the league in total yardage passing. He was he was like yeah. a uh, the guy from San Diego. I can't can't remember his name right now. The one that's in the Hall of Fame right now. Uh, Not with Danny and Tomlinson. Yes. He was, a, more, he was a, no, I mean, he was more Saquon Barkley type he was, he, Well, he was more like, I mean, he caught the ball unbelievably. Um, you know, I, I the, the guy at one time led the league on both sides of the ball. I don't think he yeah. gets him. I don't think he gets him this time. I think he's got a, I think he's got a couple more to go through. But I do think eventually he gets in. Yeah. Uh Equan Baldwin, two-time semi uh finalist. Do you think that he makes the finals? Of course, he's wide receiver, played with the 49ers and the Ravens and all those guys. Yeah, and I, I think I think he's he uh, he got he I think he he'll be a good candidate to get in. Uh, definitely, definitely, uh, it's so many good guys. It's hard to say, but he you know he's very one of the top performers and uh, changed the changed the game the way he you know he's kind of like a hybrid. He was like a tight end slash wide receiver. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, Rick touchdown Jim Marshall. You know, Minnesota Vikings are the purple people leaders. Needs to go in. That was a great defensive, yeah. uh, you know, line hey, that they had. Yeah, hey, he's okay. Who was the best of that group? Jim Marshall, Carl Ella, Alan Page, Alan Page. Page. Alan Page, easily. He's an. I Alan would Page. like Carl Ella. Carl Ella was good, but he's no Alan Page. Alan Page was the NFC N NFL Defensive Player of the Year, uh, or MVP. He was one of the him and and LT share that. Same award being a defensive player, but the purple people leaders always got eaten up in the big game in the Super Bowl. They they did. I mean, it was more their offense could move the ball, but I mean, yeah. they, they kept Miami and Pittsburgh in check for the most part when they played them. I think, I, I think, uh, uh, Aquan Baldwin, Pittsburgh, is, they did not Miami really, yeah. Aquan Baldwin, I, I think he's borderline, I don't think he should go in there. Landon Fletcher, uh, linebacker. He played for the Redskins, I think the Rams, if I'm not uh, mistaken. Rams, kind of Buffalo, a, the Redskins, yeah. Yeah, yeah I can't of, say yes. Kind of a fast one, a fast linebacker. I, I'm with you, Jack. I don't think I don't think he gets in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's borderline too. Um, Dwight Freeney defensive end, interesting one, very mm -hmm. interesting one. I think Dwight Freeney might have a shot at getting in. Freeney. Yeah, for the yeah, Colts. he was uh, yeah he was an anchor that Colts. Defense. Defense. Uh, Dwight Feeney, 
you know, like you're asking me yes or no. This is the Hall of Fame we're talking about. I mean, right. Dwight Feeney, he's on the cusp. I wouldn't, I, I'm leaning towards, but if push came to shove, I m- might not vote for him, but I'd lean towards him. Yeah. Uh, what do you think, Byron? What do you think about Dwight Freeney? Yeah, Dwight Freeney. This is his second. This is his second uh, semifinalist. So he, you know, he definitely eventually will get in. Yeah, I think I think he can be a high consideration. I think a finalist this year. I think Clegg. Finalist, uh, yeah, finalist, yeah. If that's the, if that's the question, whether they should go to the finals, the answer is yes. So to answer that going forward, I'm going to answer whether they should be a finalist, right. whether they should right. be in or not. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay. But Klecko Rick for a short period of time was dynamite for a short period of time. He was better than Marshall at peak yes, value. I agree. I agree. Klecko and Marshall at their very best. We're not talking career over whole career. At right. their very best was, you know, better than Marshall. And, and yeah. you know, I, I, I don't know if I necessarily agreed with him going in or not either. I think he was borderline too. But at as you're saying, Jack, in his prime at for a those five or six years, he was dynamite. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Antonio Gates, tight end. This is his first time coming up. I think he's a finalist. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this is his first time. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Antonio Gates, you know, he he really was uh, really – yeah, this was his first time coming up. So, I think he, he should be a finalist, no doubt. And I think he'll be in the Hall of Fame. I, I think he's one of the best tight ends in the history of football, to be honest with you. Eddie yeah. George, second time up. I think he's one of those guys to me yeah. again. Uh, I don't think he's a finalist. I don't. I don't think he makes it at all. Uh, uh, he was. He was good. He was good. There's no doubt about it. But I don't think he was a very great good. Yeah, finalist. we're helping the Titans. That I don't think he's a finalist. I don't either. I don't think he's a finalist. Um, James Harrison, linebacker for Pittsburgh Steelers. This is his second time. I think he becomes a finalist this year, guys. Hard yeah. hitter, really hard hitter. Whether he's probably going to be a finalist, I'm not sure that I'd vote for him to be a finalist. Yeah, Super anytime Bowl you get, a, it, I was gonna say, anytime you get a Steeler and a Cowboys on it on the round of 24, they usually make the list. So because of Super the Bowl MVP, Super Bowl MVP. I, I want yeah. to tell you, Byron makes a great, great point. One I don't think I've ever thought of. It depends on your team. If you're with this storied NFL franchise like the Steelers, the Cowboys, it does kind of increase your chances unless a lot of players from that franchise are bonded in the Hall of Fame, then you could get left out. Like in the case of Jerry Kramer with the Packers, he finally got in. But for years he was left out, one of the great guards. I I, I could never understand that. Yeah, and you get the good thing, I got a chance to meet him up close. He lived here in Dallas for a while and he came to one of our NFL PA meetings, man. It was a pleasure to talk to him. Yeah, yeah. Tremendous. Okay, let me let me give you some. Let's get this guy. I want to get to the drafts here. Let me give you yeah. just yes or no, yes or no finalists. Uh Rodney Harrison, a former Patriot, former uh Charger, I think. Yes. Yes. Yes, I think he yes, he yes. David Hester. Punt returner, kick returner, wide receiver. He's been semifinalist three times. I think yes, he he deserved yeah. to be there. Yes. I do too. Um, let's go to Steve Smith, wide receiver for the uh, Panthers. He's Three a borderline. Times. He's borderline for me right now. Uh, yes, one way or the other. Yeah, I'd vote for yes to be a finalist. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Waters, 
former running back for uh, the 49ers, I think the Eagles, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, no. He's been a semifinalist four times, man. That's yeah. That's that reason to put him in the finals because you're tired of him sitting as a semifinalist. I uh, no. Yeah, he's been in the semifinals for four times, so I don't think he'll ever be a finalist. To be honest with you. Okay. Uh, Reggie Wayne, three-time semifinalist. That was Peyton Manning's go-to guy. Uh, yeah. For the Colts. I think he should be a finalist. Yes. Okay. Uh, Vince Wolfel. Defensive tackle for the Patriots. Man, uh, three he times. A, he was a bad boy. I, I think yes for Vince. Uh, I could I mean, go either way. Slight, I mean, slight no, slight <laughs> no, but I could change my mind tomorrow. Darren Woodson, cornerback, safety, eight times semifinals. This yes, guy got yes. Yeah. yes, he's got to become. Yes, a yes, Darren. Yeah, great guy. Julius Peppers, first time. Oh, yes. Uh, no, no, for me, no, not first time. Not, not a first. I think he will be. I think he will be. I think he won't be. Uh, he'll be like Tiki, he'll be like, just looking at this list, I'll, I'll say no, uh, right now. That's playing Panthers history, but still, though, they no, no. okay, all right. So, too many years as a finalist, maybe Rick, that might be true. Uh, but Woodson was one of the best, that's for sure. Um, so mock draft, agree or disagree, guys. Uh, they have wide receiver Malik Neighbors of LSU going uh, to the Giants. What do you think, Byron? First pick. Uh no, I like I like uh, Marvin Harrison Jr. Well, I don't think he's going to make it to the Giants. That's that's why they're. No, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I well, I, I think they should go and try to find a quarterback. Okay. All right. Uh, Jack, offensive tackle, uh, J.C. Latham for Alabama. They're trying to get some tackles to protect your quarterback there. What do you think? Yes or no? Yeah. I mean, if he's available, who knows where the Jets are going to be picking? Uh, could you imagine the teams? Could you imagine somehow the Jets don't win another game this year and the teams behind them win a couple of games and the Jets are in a position to go, let's say, third and get Marvin Harrison Jr.? I mean, how do you turn that down? That's a hard one. That's a hard one to turn down. And oh, I could, I could see the Jets guys if they're going something like thirteenth, fourteenth, or even tenth, making a deal with the Raiders straight off for Devontae Adams, bring back Rogers, old guy, even though he's thirty years old. Maybe the Raiders take the number one draft choice, and the Jets have match. Adams with Garrett Wilson and give Rogers, you know, that firepower. I don't know. You guys need help on that line. That's an old man behind that line, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Terrible. This could be the best thing, guys, to happen just very quickly to Zach Wilson. Sit him down and see how bad these other guys play. And the fans are yelling, we want Zach. That's a, that's a, that's, that's a point. Uh, they have the, the Pats taking Caleb Williams. Of Philadelphia taking a lineman, of course. Um, Marvin Harrison is projected to go to the Bears, which makes sense to me. Um, let's see. Yeah, how do we know how many they're going to win and lose? The Justin Fields situation. Well, they, got the they got the first pick from Carolina. They got, right, the Bears have Carolina's pick. If the season ended now, the Bears would be going first. I can't, as much as they'd like to have Marvin Harrison, how do you? Turn down Caleb Williams, even Drake May. Justin, 
Fields could be a good NFL quarterback. He's mobile. He does a lot of good things. But he's with them three years already. He, you'll never live that down if you if Caleb Williams turns out to be you know another C.J. Stroud. The there Bears so have many, they're going to move on from Justin so Fields. There are so many good quarterbacks. I think this year I go after Harrison in a minute. One two. Uh, you, can you imagine that one two punch? I mean, that would. Oh man. They say That's Caleb good. Williams is a can't miss uh, quarterback. Would you agree with that? I would. I would say he's he's got a bright future, depending on what team he goes on. Um, yeah. I, but I think there's five or six quarterbacks. I, I tell you, Jack, best class is 1983 coming out this year. Mark my words. Guys, but consider this: the Bears will never be in this position again, maybe because yeah, even if you're picking fourth or fifth overall, you're missing out on the ultimate elite talent like a John Elway or Peyton Manning, those guys slam dunk number one picks. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, and but you, they, might, you might be missing out on one of the greatest receivers of all time too. You, you never know. I mean, I, I, you always say take the best available Jack. That's your, uh, that's your, the most the best. Part, yes. Yes. So you're now you're talking about drafting for need. Like I normally say, and you're yeah. kind of going against what you normally say. You got yeah, Right, 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 right. But let me get the year Micah Parsons came out of the draft. I'm proud to say I said he was the best play in the draft, even right. though he went 10th. And he proved to be the best play in the draft. But you want to know something? Jacksonville make the right decision taking Trey Lawrence. Imagine they took Micah Parsons instead of Trey Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. Lawrence. Trevor, Lawrence. I mean, Trevor Lawrence. I'm sorry. Trevor Lawrence was the right pick. And he's going to be the quarterback for years to come. You know, sometimes you have to make a quarterback's different when I say pick the best player because they're so hard to come by franchise quarterbacks. Yeah. But I, you, can, you can look throughout the league, though. There's so many bad uh, second-string quarterbacks in the league. So, you know, you, you're really going to be able to improve upon your team with these quarterbacks coming out this year for sure. No, no, I listen. I think so. I, I, I think this is going to be a hell of a class. Um, yeah. Let's let's take a look at some of the games that I want to go over with you. Of course, we want to look at the Jets game with with Jack um, this week. They're playing Atlanta at home. Jack, here's a chance to beat a team. Here's a chance to beat a team that maybe is equal to you. Um, the only, I mean, Ritter versus Boyle. Your defense against Atlanta's offense. I mean. What do you think? Do you think you guys got to win this week? You tell me, has the Jet defense let down? I don't want to say given up, but how can they play with enthusiasm? They probably hate coming into work now. Their dreams are dashed. You know what the big part of the Jet season is now? Not making the playoffs, not winning, losing games, but to see can Aaron Rodgers come back yeah. and play a game. And that's not a good formula there. Yeah, and it's Aaron Rodgers said uh, this morning from when I was reading that he's not going to come back unless the Jets have a chance at making the playoffs. That's what he said. That so, makes sense. That really makes yeah, sense. I, I think they've got to beat Atlanta. And Tim Boyle didn't look like he had much against the Dolphins. The offense well, he, wasn't moving the ball. They're not blocking. Rick is Rick is not too not too. Uh, not too excited about the Jets' chances. Well, B.J. Robinson, he should have a good game. We'll see what happens. I think they got a chance. Let's bring a key. You know, we're, we're using Robinson the way that they uh, should Atlanta. Yeah. 
Good yeah. morning, Keith from TGI Sports. How are you doing this morning, buddy? Good morning, guys. How okay. are you? Good morning. We're we're talking a little bit about the Atlanta at the Jets, Keith. I think this is a I think the Jets should be able to beat Atlanta. Right? I I I actually like the Jets this weekend. I do myself. I you know, Atlanta's a Atlanta's a mess. Their coach is probably getting fired. Uh, same quarterback. I mean, if the Jets lose Atlanta. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know anymore. Right, Byron? I mean, that- well, Atlanta beat New Orleans next week, last week. And uh, Sonia coming on the show called it because they had all the hip hop artists in town. <laughs> and that was going to motivate Atlanta. And she was right. <laughs> I'm not really. In first place. Atlanta's in first place. They'd be in the playoffs if the season ended today. Because they get to play the uh, NFC South. Uh, yeah, the weakest yeah. division you want to play. Yeah, right, right. And, and you know, Rick, Rick is 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 taking making sure Byron stays true here too, because he said he's picking away. <laughs> Byron, Byron can't say the Jets. All right, um, New England hey, playing the Char- New England playing the Chargers. We'll get to the Patriots news first here, since since we brought you in there in the football. Uh, uh, the Chargers, Patriots. Uh, Justin Herbert can't win a game. <laughs> what do you think, Keith? Well, your boy's starting, so uh, maybe we get a chance to win this game. I don't know. I barely, Zappy's no better than Jones, but Jones is a mess. He's spiraling out of control here, and this whole situation has spiraled since last year, as we've talked about. Uh, yeah. You know, right now, I mean, I said last week that Mac Jones probably still gives him the best chance to win. I don't know if I believe that anymore. Mm-hmm. His his mental state is really bad, and you might as well put Zappy in there and give a shot. You know what Chargers find a way to lose games. If this comes down to you know coaching, at least we might have a chance to win this game. I don't know. You know what? You know yeah. what? You know what? Mac Jones reminds me of guys is like when when that bully steals your milk money at lunch. I never had it happen to me, but I've seen kids. They they just you know they just give up. I mean that's what it looks like. I, I, I you know I, I thought about this when we talked about it Wednesday night that what he kind of looks like is Tony Eason against the Bears defense in the '86 Super Bowl. That's what he looks like that's almost true. all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. good morning, you know, Jason. Fans, Keith, have the New England fans turn on Mac Jones the way they did on against Tony Eason? Because with Eason, it was a terrible relationship yeah. between him and the fans. It's not that, from what I can tell, it's not that bad, as bad. Tony Eason was awful. You got to remember, yeah. you know, the, we, they had Steve Grogan, who was a favorite there still then. They had Doug Flutie that came in later in his tenure, and everybody wanted him to play. And by the way, I was in the stadium every week, so you could tell the vitriol was just easy to tell. It's not as easy to tell on TV, but I, I, I don't sense it's as bad as it was towards Tony Eason. I was a big Tony Eason fan, <laughs> about the only one in the stadium on it Sunday. took him to a Super Bowl. you got to give him credit, some credit. Yeah, well, Steve Grogan had a lot to do with that as well. But, yes, yeah, I thought Tony Eason had a lot of potential, but he just was a guy with a gun shy back there. Yeah. Yes, yes, I agree. One more game. Uh, Byron, stay with us for one minute here, and, and let me hear your thoughts. San Francisco going to Philadelphia as a favorite. I don't I, get it. <laughs> I don't get it either. I mean, you're going into Philadelphia. Uh, I know San Fran's got a great team. So does Philadelphia. You would think three points goes to the home team, and 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 San Francisco's favorite by two and a half. Yeah, I don't get it. I, I just think Philadelphia should be favorite in that game. I really don't get that. They should be, you know, one thing, and I will point this part out. I mean, when it comes to the lines, you got to remember it isn't necessarily who somebody thinks is a better team or whatever. They're setting those lines so they get money bet 
both right. ways, right? right? So it's a little bit skewed in the way we look at it. Yeah. I don't think a lot of those odds makers think the Eagles are, are a worse team than the 49ers. They just want to get money bet both ways so they, they can't lose. Yeah, Vegas, exactly. Yeah. Three big games in a row that the Eagles won against three top teams, three emotional games they pulled out. I mean, like I said earlier in the show, it takes a lot out of you mentally, and the 49ers are really primed for this game. Well, you know what? You can put my underdog pick down right now because it'll be the Eagles. You give me them three points at home, I don't care who they're playing. I'll pick them every time. And plus, they got to fly all the way across America. Oh, that's, here we go with the Jeff, Jeff, oh, Jeff Goat is crazy about that's, that's that. Jeff, come on with Jeff. Listen, I, I, don't, I don't play professional football. Travel miles he picks games based on that. Hey, listen, listen. I mean, when, you, know, you know, we all analyze football, the teams and everything. Jim analyzes travel miles. That's what <laughs> well, he makes well, the picks on. He's, he does a lot of traveling, Jackson. So yeah, he does you know, know. they have to travel, so they're going to lose because they got to travel. <laughs> hey, guys, uh, good Friday. Have a Friday. 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 Keith, we have a new commissioner just to let you know. Jack will be – since Jack's complaining about me uh, – because really he's in the lead, you're not. I made a mistake on one game. But since Jack is complaining I'm in about – Yeah, well, no, Jack Jack is Jack is in first. I made a mistake on one of the games. Uh, uh, and okay. since, since, sure. since I've done such a terrible job, Jack is now going to be taking over. He's going to be keeping track. Of all the games. He's going to be a winner here. I, know. I yeah, get it. Yeah, I, I, I did it under the condition. On the, no, only under no certain conditions. conditions. Anyone, no who's anyone who's mathematically eliminated, like Jeff Coke, we don't take their picks anymore once they're mathematically eliminated. Oh, no, because that's, that's a source. Of, only under that condition. That's a source yeah. of great entertainment every week. I want to use And I think it is. Coke is complaining. He didn't understand the rules. I mean, let Jim be the commissioner. He's the one that's no, complaining. No, you're the one. Else. You're the one. That, you're the one that's. You're the one complaining. No one else is complaining but you, Jack. So. Uh, <laughs> Jack doesn't understand that I try to keep up with 48 other shows besides this one. And, and that's just one of the extra duties that I do. Oh, this is anyways, Get your priorities in order. I, I'm going to try. I mean, the picks are really important. Anyway, let's get, let's get to, uh, let's get to uh, the college football. That's big, big, of course, a big news this weekend to me, bigger than the NFL. You got all the division championships playing, Keith. Uh, yep. I want to get your, your thoughts on some of him here. Georgia and Alabama, big game. If Alabama loses, are they out? Oh, absolutely. They're not taking a two-loss team over any one-loss team, that's for sure. Um, you know, one thing I will say, conference championships often don't mean a whole lot at this point in the season. This year, they mean everything. These are some huge games this weekend. Alabama loses, they're out. There's doubt. There's a chance if Alabama wins, they don't get in, uh, depending on what happens. Uh no, no, the committee has never. There's a lot of talk about Florida State winning and being out, um, either to you. you know, to a one loss Texas team or whatever. You, you, there's no way you can take a 13 and 0 power conference team and leave them out. You can't, it's never happened. They've Keith, never left the undefeated power conference team out of the playoff ever. Keith, is it doing the right thing? Or is it television ratings going into that decision? 
They sure. sit there, they look at an Alabama and what it means for the TV ratings and for college football. Doesn't that have a bearing on their selections? Sure it does. I mean, it's it's not just human nature, but also probably some direction from the NCAA saying, um, you know, money means a lot. So we can charge more for commercial dollars if Alabama's in here. But, yeah. you know, I want to see the best. I want to see the most deserving teams get in. And Florida State, if they win, well, again, it's, we don't know they're going to win. So again, you almost, I know. Said, you almost said best, and that would have been maybe not right. They're starting quarterbacks out, Keith, and it, you know, I, I, it has to that has to count for something. That's Why? like, well, that's that's like saying that's like saying that Kansas City Chiefs uh, are have a chance to win a Super Bowl if Patrick Mahomes isn't playing. That's not going to happen. They don't take, happen. but that's they aren't. But they aren't eliminated because their quarterback got hurt. They well, get a chance. Well, all I'm saying is, well, it's different. You want the four teams in there to have a possibility of winning the championship, correct? Uh, I want the most deserving teams in there, right. yes. Well, and they that, should all, that, all that should also meet the criteria of having. Uh, you know, but that's not the question I asked you, Keith. I said you want all four teams to have a legitimate chance of winning the championship. Florida no. State without there's no. I want the most deserving teams. Okay. I answered the question. I just okay. didn't say yes or no. That's all. Okay. okay. All right. All right. <laughs> Is there any way I was going to beat Michigan? There's no way. That's not happening. Absolutely not. I, 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 there's some people on my college football huddle which maybe. He'll pick up on tomorrow when it plays on uh, Roku, but they were saying Iowa. You know, don't don't count them out. I'm like, well, I'll count them out. They are. By the way, I didn't think this was right, and I checked it out. The, the over under for Iowa in both halves is a half a point. That's the over under for them scoring points. <laughs> They're not going to win this game if They're they keep it with touchdowns. They've done well. They're all defensive, Keith. That's they it. are. That's they, they, they're not going to. They may not score a point Sunday. Yeah, or Saturday. I agree. Sorry. Um, Oregon versus Washington. I think this might be the best game uh, of all of them. I, I'd like Oregon. I've like you. You know how much I like Oregon this year. I think they deserve it to get in the top four. If they beat Washington, they should not not be in the top four. Interesting game too, because Washington's already beat them. The game's on a neutral site in Vegas, and Oregon somehow is a nine and a half point favorite. I know Oregon's playing better. It looks like Oregon's playing better football. Oregon, as good as they've played, they don't have as good a victory as anybody else we've, we're talking about for the playoff on their resume. Not one. Um, they lost to the best team they played, Washington. So this game's going to be closer than nine and a half. I'm not saying Oregon won't win. They're playing good football. They got a good coach in Dan Lanning. And uh, I think this is going to be one of the better games. I, this game and uh, the Georgia-Alabama game are the two that are really going to be the best games of the weekend, I, I think. I agree. I agree. Uh, yes, Josh Rubin, since they didn't have a legitimate winning when they made the playoff two years ago. You're right. You're right. I agree. But they deserve a chance to win. You know, that's why we have that expanded it to 12 teams. We wouldn't have this question next year. I agree. I agree. I agree. Oklahoma at Texas. Oklahoma State at Texas. Texas wins. Listen. Texas is not that Texas is not good as Georgia, Alabama, Michigan, Oregon, Washington, or Ohio State. And they may get in there. I'm just and yet, and yet, right now they have the best victory of any of the teams you just named. They beat Alabama. Now they beat Alabama, you know, seems like eons ago when they weren't as good as they are today. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, they do have the best victory of any of those teams you just named. So they're still alive. Oh, they've been hurt by a couple of things. Some of the teams 
that they beat and some of the teams that beat them, one of the teams that beat them, did not live up to their end of the bargain afterwards. They played worse. Oklahoma played worse after beating Texas. That hurt Texas. Right. Uh, some of the teams they beat and or kept in games, that hurts them. The fact that Oklahoma State, who they'll play in the, in the championship game Sunday, gets beat by 40 points by, by UCF, who had one win in conference a couple of weeks ago, uh, that hurts them a lot. I mean, if Oklahoma State was on a roll, if they'd beaten the US, UCF and gone into this game on a seven or eight game winning streak, whatever it would have been, that would have helped Texas a lot with a victory here. They get hurt. They need to win convincingly, I think. Because if, if this comes down, very interesting. You talked about FSU and deserving teams, right? If this comes down to Alabama winning the SEC, I'm sorry, Alabama winning the SEC and Texas winning the Big 12, and they both got one loss and all those other undefeated teams are there, Alabama might up over Texas. Even you know, Texas has something up their sleeve. All they have to do is play Arch Manning, and he would be better for TV ratings, I think, right now than Alabama playing. If they knew Manning was finally going to get his big shot, that would that would sway the selection committee slightly, I think. That's, their, that's not their best chance to win, though. That's unfor- unfortunate. Uh-huh. He played well in this last game when he got a little playing time. Yeah, but it was garbage time, and they beat that team oh. by 70. So. Yeah, Six. that's true. Um, listen, look at Josh Rubin showing off his college football knowledge here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we know Alabama got beat by Texas. Alabama was terrible. Ago. Yeah, yeah, it was the it, 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 it's so long ago, it loses some of its uh, uh meanings. Yes, yeah. it does. Yes, it does. Louisville beats Florida State, Keith, so we can put an end to this nonsense about Florida State. Louisville beats Florida State. Well, I, I think Florida State will find a way to win the game. Um, Louisville was certainly looking ahead to this championship game last week when they got beat by a very mediocre Kentucky team. So uh, Louisville's got some issues as well. Florida State plays really good football. If the quarterback can play, he's a fifth-year senior, don't forget. So it's not like you're throwing a freshman in there. He's got he's got some experience. If he manages a game, this team plays really good defense. They play really good special teams, and they can win this game. There's a lot of fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth-year seniors playing today, Keith. So, I, I mean, look at Pickett was a four-year uh, uh, player too, and you know who cares? That, that doesn't matter. Well, Pickett um, was a Pickett, but Louis, don't, Louis don't, judge, anyway, don't judge Pickett by what he does with the Steelers. Pickett was a great college quarterback. People fall was, into yes, he was. He was. He was outstanding. Very it was just about him and Desmond Ritter. He took Pittsburgh right to the to the championship and won it all. He was an outstanding quarterback. He, um, he was. And not a, you know how many teams play uh, college major college football? I mean, you know, they don't all win championships. And well, some are, you talk about great quarterbacks, we're gonna talk about championship play at least at least get in the playoffs, Keith. That's all I ask. You know what I mean? That's all I'm asking for. A great Who's team. the best quarterback in college football now? Who is? My opinion, yeah. Bonex. Yeah. My opinion, Bonex. How, how many national championships has he won? He's going. He's going to win it this year, maybe. At least get the no. playoffs. Maybe, maybe. yeah. Hey, Mac wants it both ways. He'll criticize a guy like Tom Brady and say, "Well, he's not the greatest of all time. He has exactly. all the pieces around him." Yet, if a quarterback doesn't win a championship, he'll place the blame on the quarterback, huh. but he won't give him the credit. I, I get this conversation a lot on my college football huddle show that, you know, talking about Ohio State never produces. Well, this year they got a great one. 
uh, uh, maybe a great one. Um, they don't produce great quarterbacks for the NFL. Who cares? That's not the coach's job at Ohio State. His job is to win games in the Big Ten, win Big Ten championships, beat Michigan, which they're not doing, and maybe win a national championship. Not develop quarterbacks for the NFL. There's great quarterbacks and great players in college wait, who wait, Wait. We, we we tend to run guys down if they get to the if they're college and they your don't job, your well, job a coach your job as a coach at any level is to develop your players. What are you talking about? No, you're your job is to develop win games. Sorry, you're, it's well, tough. you're developing your quarterback to win games at the college level. At the college level, yes, not right. at the level. I'm not, it's not his job to develop professional. No, players. no, no, Keith, Keith, Keith. But you'll agree on this: the best high school players in the country, when they're selecting a college, they're thinking, "What's what college helps me best get to the NFL?" And coaches do speak to recruits about the players they turn out who play in the NFL and what they can do to develop that player and get them to the NFL. I won't disagree with that. You know, I mean. But again, just because Tim Tebow is maybe the greatest college player of all time, maybe he was he a wasn't and he wasn't. The, oh, he wasn't. And he created one of the biggest buzzes in NFL history, Tim Tebow. That, don't, that doesn't matter. So did Johnny Den. So did Johnny Football. Johnny Denzel. Listen, Not in the NFL. Denzel didn't, 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 didn't do it in oh, the NFL. His, oh, oh, did he did create a buzz. He did create a buzz. He did create a buzz, just the wrong kind Johnny of Johnny Manziel didn't He's, create any buzz in the NFL. He both did. Listen, you're not listening to me, Jack. He did, but not the right kind of buzz. Ryan Leaf created a great yeah. buzz. Ryan Leaf, I mean, created a great buzz in the NFL for the Keith, wrong reasons. Keith, Keith, yes. they did not develop the, they did not develop him as a quarterback. They developed him as a running back leader, uh, uh, he was a tremendous athlete. You can't develop that's that was that was give, God given to him. They didn't well, develop Tebow. They didn't develop Tebow as a quarterback at all in college. He, I didn't say that. I said he was the best player in college football history in the right. NFL. So uh, next, next uh, Herschel Walker, maybe I don't know. I think Herschel Walker is really close. Good. I'm a big Archie man or Archie Griffin fan, by the way. I think Archie Griffin's underrated as a college football player. Okay. Only two Heisman winner. Two time okay. Heisman winner, I'll get, yeah. I'll give it to him. Too small to play in the NFL, though. Uh, why did Ohio State why did Ohio State fall so far, Keith? Do you think do you really believe that those teams in front of Ohio State are better than Ohio State? Uh the standings say they are, yeah. So you are what your record says you are. You're old uh, fat bastard of a football coach. Sorry about that. <laughs> bastard, what happened? Sorry, well, I went up. There. Every time I think Keith, of this comment, I think Keith, of that. Keith, Keith, you, you are believe- what you are. Ohio State, by the way, has one loss. How many themselves. losses do they have? How many losses? One. So how many conference championships are playing in? You believe None. Ohio State is not as good as Washington or Oregon? You don't think they're better than those teams? Uh, no, they're not. they have no chance to win their conference championship. No, they're not. They're not as deserving to be in a playoff as other teams. And by the way, they where are they fifth? They're sixth right now, right? They're behind Oregon. I think eighth. Uh, they're going to get passed by Texas if they win, and they're going to get passed by Alabama if they win. They're not playing this weekend. All those other teams are. Okay. So right. they're probably going to finish eighth or ninth. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, Depending when your winners or losers this weekend. Yes. Well, right now, right now they're at, they're at number eight to let you know. Um, no, they're at six. They're at six. You sure? Right you sure? 
Now, let me double check right quick. Uh, I think Texas is ahead of them right now. Let me bring up the uh, – no, Oregon. Oregon's the uh, only one-loss team ahead of them. Okay. I thought Texas I went, was – I went to the wrong thing here. Hold on. I got the uh, – where are the rankings? There they are. And I'm going by the college football rankings, not by uh, – or anything else. Okay. Uh, Oregon is six behind Oregon, and then all the undefeated teams are in front of them as well, obviously. Texas and Alabama right behind them, seven and okay. eight. All right. I looked, but when I looked at, they were behind Texas, and I think even Alabama. They anyway, be. they will be if those two teams win this weekend. Yeah, they'll be down to eight. Let's let's talk a little bit. We're going to talk about this in the debate show a little bit. Uh, uh, Jumbo Fisher getting a nineteen point four million dollar contract. The biggest thing I want to talk to you about is all the colleges and universities that are doing this. Right since, let's put it this way. Colleges and universities have spent more than $500 million on fired coaches between 2010 and 2021. And since 2022, it has increased $70 million more. So it's almost $600 million in the last, what, 12 years they have yeah. spent on coaches not playing for football, not coaching football teams. And there's a bunch of other coaches with huge buyouts that could increase that number if they were to get fired. James Franklin's in a 70, $70 million range. It's Kirby Smart. And Kirby Smart's not getting fired, obviously, but James Franklin could be in some trouble. They're never buying him out. I didn't think they'd buy Jimbo Fisher out, but there's oil money down there. So they, this, I think you're going to start to see uh, a swing in these college uh, programs and the contracts. They may give the coaches the money, but not guaranteed. Right, not ten years guaranteed. You know, eight hundred million dollars. That's not going to happen anymore. I think you'll start. Chief, it's more than the university in itself. It's their alumni base. Oh. If they want to coach out bad enough, they'll let it be known that the money will be there to make up to the university. Well, if they want uh, to keep paying guys, or, they, or the money won't be coming in the same way if they're re retaining a certain coach. If they want to keep up paying sixty and seventy million dollar buyouts when you got to fire these guys, then more power to them. But that, oh. by the way, Jimbo Fisher's buyout is fifty million dollars higher than the previous high, which was Gus Malzone at right. at Auburn. You know, so. I, I was reading a story a few years ago about young college coaches. They get fired, but there would be enough money to last them the rest of their life, and they were happy to get out of football, yeah. play golf, settle down, never work again. I don't doubt it. I mean, again, it, it's crazy. And I don't know. Is that a debate question? Because I saw your email the other day, and the debate question is, was – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to frame that into the debate question because I think it has a lot more to do than just with the alumni and stuff. I think it hurts the school in many more ways, especially in the pocketbook. Keith – um, the New York Knicks are still alive in the tournament. I, they won last night, one eighteen to one twelve. Brunson gets forty two, um, twenty nine and ten for um, for uh, da, 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 Randall. Key to Knicks' success this year is Randall can't get hurt. Am I wrong? Uh, yeah, I would say that's probably right. Um, I, you know, it's funny. He's not leading the, the Knicks in any one single category, which I think is better for this team, actually. Um, he's not asked to do quite as much. Minutes are down a, a handful uh, a game, and I think this team is better off for it. And I think you're seeing some other guys step up. 
DiVincenzo, if I said his name right, is playing pretty well off the bench. In fact, it's causing a little rift with him, with Hart and uh, Thibodeau right now, because Hart's not happy with his role, but that'll evolve. They'll fix that. Um, I like this team. As far as the in-season tournament, I don't know why we're playing it. I don't understand it. I look at, I turn a game on and the courts give me an epileptic fit for crying out loud because they're painted 10 different colors. I mean, I feel like a dinosaur. Chris, I, was at the, I was at the Barclays Center last night to see the Charlotte Hornets play the Brooklyn Nets. And at halftime, the score was 73 70, you know, Charlotte. And thinking of all those points, fundamentals of defense are gone. It's just high flung up and down the court, athleticism. You know, what's, what's happened to basketball? You know, setting up plays, it's just crazy. It's fast motion, back, forth, back, forth, back, forth. It's yeah, it's not enjoyable for me to watch. Most regular season basketball is like that. You get to the postseason and things tighten up a little bit and teams will play better defense, Yeah, more half-court play. Uh, but there's still a lot of isolation and one-on-one. You know, even the, even the Knicks, who I thought moved the ball pretty well, when they get in trouble, they tend to just get into old ways, and the ball will go into somebody's hand. And it looks like everybody's Carmelo Anthony out there. Mm-hmm. Well, that's just Brunson, that's, that's, that's one of the things I, I that I think Brunson doesn't share the ball enough, but he does make the points. There were some days in the playoffs last year where I thought he really hurt the team by not the basketball. Yeah. Yeah. I did too. <clears throat> well, Keith, we'll let you get out of here. I, Keith, on are you serious? Is on right after this. With we the are. Mad New Yorker, right? I think the Mad New Yorker going to be there with you today. Mad New Yorker should be there. Yes, we're going to talk about NFL coaches and whether we're going to have a record firing year this year because there's about 13 guys about ready to get fired in my mind. Yes, uh, yes. Um, but yeah, and uh, among right some after, other topics. Right after us, guys, go over to, to TGI Sports Talk. Are you serious, Roku? Everywhere else. Uh, so Keith, have a good one. Glad you stopped in as you do. We'll see you on tomorrow. Special tomorrow Keith will be, will be on the debate show with us tomorrow. And uh, don't miss that. That's going to be a lot of fun. Keith, have a I'm old, so if I forget, send me a quick text. I'll I be there. I definitely will, buddy. All right, Keith. All right. Bye. So there you go, Keith Angle from are you uh, TGI Sports? Are you serious? And of course, our college football expert as he does the college football huddle. Every week too, he knows a lot about a lot about a lot of different sports, especially college. Um, tomorrow, me and Jack on the debate show. Keith will be with us with Dr. Paul Semendinger. Got some really interesting topics. We'll talk to you about um, the big football show. Uh, we got another person in our panel, Sonia Pearson. Will be joining us on the panel to start the show off. And we'll again, we'll have Keith on Robert Butler, the Philly sports guy. And we got a special guest, Jack. We got Gene's going to be on the NFL Genius from Wide, uh, from Sports Empire Network. He knows his stuff. He's it's going to be fun. He's a Philadelphia Eagle fan, so you know me and Jim will have some fun with that. Mm-hmm. And but we'll have him. We'll have him break down a game for us and maybe do some of the picks with us too. So glad to have him aboard, folks. Thanks for joining us. Have a great Friday night. Don't get any trouble, and we'll see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Sports Debate Show. Have a good one, folks.